Hello and welcome to the Doxology Podcast. I'm Lucas Stock. And I'm Jens Nelson. This is a podcast dedicated to journeying together on the road that is the Christian faith. Join us as we discuss and investigate theology and the Christian life, striving for unity amongst our diversity as members of Christ's church. Welcome back to another installment of the Doxology Podcast here on a beautiful Tuesday for you who are listening on Tuesday and for whatever day it is those, those that are blessed and highly favored those are the ones that listen on release day the, the elect yep as it were mm-hmm. um we are back it still feels like it's been a long time because we were had a long time where things just uh kind of got in the way and then we kept you know not being able to make recording sessions we did a tuesday episode last week we were excited to do a friday episode and it just didn't work out so <laughs> we're back Hopefully, to normal, like, schedule. I mean, our schedule hasn't changed, but in terms of actually sitting down and making new episodes for that schedule, hopefully we're kind of done with the whole uh, throwbacks, because I'm sure, you know, we've had enough of that. I've had enough of that, even though it's mostly been on me and uh, things going on here (laughs) to get in the way. But we want to continue... and it's not a series, but we want to continue in a in the same vein as as last Tuesday's episode, which if you haven't listened to, would highly recommend because it was a really fun one to to prepare for and to record. And we're doing a very similar thing today. We're going to look at a passage of scripture and we're going to uh, read through it and talk about it. We've we haven't talked about it with each other ahead of time. You know, we don't know what sort of observations each of us have had or applications or any anything that that stands out to the other one so um we're going to kind of like approach this conversationally and and uh not i I don't know if i'd say this is like a study of a passage so much as just a conversation um focused on a specific passage of scripture on you know instead of like a topic or or a person like we often do and part of what inspired this uh these two episodes is is actually what's was supposed to come out last Friday, but will come out in the near future, maybe even this Friday. Um, so stay tuned for that if you're interested. But without further ado, we'll dive into the first couple sections of Psalm 119, which comes out to verses 1 through 16. Uh, and I'm going to go ahead and read. I'm reading from the RSV. I'm on kind of a an RSV kick. I, I got a big... Well, it's not big, but like I got a real nice, fancy Schuyler Bible RSV with Apocrypha on my Christmas list. It's only like $200, so should be no problem for someone to buy me, right? Remember what um, I said earlier before we hit record, feeling blessed, never stressed. Who knows what will happen? <laughs> Who knows? But Psalm 119, verses 1 through 16. Blessed are those whose way is blameless, who walk in the law of the Lord. Blessed are those who keep his testimonies, who seek him with their whole heart, who also do no wrong, but walk in his ways. Thou hast commanded thy precepts to be kept diligently. Oh, that my ways may be steadfast in keeping thy statutes. Then I shall not be put to shame, having my eyes fixed on all thy commandments. I will praise thee with an upright heart when I learn thy righteous ordinances. I will observe thy statutes. Oh, forsake me not utterly. How can a young man keep his way pure? by guarding it according to thy word. With my whole heart I seek thee. Let me not wander from thy commandments. I have laid up thy word in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Blessed be thou, O Lord, teach me thy statutes. 
With my lips I declare all the ordinances of thy mouth. In the way of thy testimonies I delight as much as in all riches. I will meditate on thy precepts and fix my eyes on thy ways. I will delight in thy statutes. I will not forget thy word. The word of the Lord. Mm. So that is uh, for, you know, if you're not familiar, Psalm 119, the longest psalm, the longest chapter as we divide Bible books today. And uh, it is an acrostic poem. So that is an the epic Aleph one. and the Bait. It, it is. It is. So what we just read is the, the Aleph and the Bait, the A and the B section of an acrostic poem based on the Hebrew alphabet that is pretty much meaningless for translating out of Hebrew, like in English. We lose everything when we translate it. Because is <laughs> so, it, isn't, it isn't it true that when, it, when we're in the Aleph section, every like... Not every verse, but like every new sentence starts with Aleph. So that's part of what the acrostic is. So like the Aleph section is, you know, so when we have blessed are those, blessed are those, thou hast commanded, like those new beginning sentences, each letter that begins that sentence is Aleph. And then in the next section, each letter is bait. And then all the way through the Hebrew alphabet. Yeah, I think that just that is what acrostic. That's what I mean by okay. acrostic. I, don't that's know if there are I just want to clarify, I guess. Other, yeah, no, that's a good point. That's what I meant. <laughs> if there are other features, then I'm not sure about those. But, um, but yeah, so that those are the, that's the sections. We we wouldn't read the whole psalm because it's like 130 something verses, so it just would be a little too unwieldy. Um, but it, you know, it's a great psalm. <laughs> it's a uh, uh, full of really famous and memorable passages on top of just valuable sentences and verses like thy word is a lamp unto my feet uh is that's out of psalm 119 i can't remember the verse off the top of my head but so it, there are sections of it that are really well known despite the fact that it's so long and and uh probably not very frequently read in one sitting by many people i don't know that i've ever read it in one sitting at least not that i can remember um so so anyway, these are the first two sections. The rest of the psalm, I think thematically, we get a really good idea of kind of what the psalm is about. Like mm-hmm. I think to summarize and kind of simplify, it kind of seems like it would be safe to say that like Psalm 119 is kind of about the law of God, right? Yeah, like, I mean, my, my Bible says delight yeah. in God's word. That's what it chooses mm-hmm. to title this psalm. Yeah, and uh, so with all that kind of helping a little bit in terms of background or a little bit in terms of thinking about these 16 verses, these two sections uh, as sort of the beginnings of this really long extended uh, psalm, song, poem about the law of God, the words of God, you know, we hit all kinds of, of uh, different synonyms here, like statutes and ordinances and ways and all that kind of stuff. What, what stands out to you? Like, like what, what did you note? What um, what have you, you know, it, were you familiar with these sections going into the preparation for this episode? Like, where are your thoughts at in terms of in terms of, of this passage? Yeah, so it's it's actually kind of funny. And I, I tried finding this little bit. I, I know almost with cert- near certainty that this isn't true. Um, but I, I distinctly have this this memory of like being in youth group and learning, um, as we've said, that Psalm 119 is the longest chapter in all of scripture, or at least in the way that we choose to divide scripture, right? Uh, Conversely, 
Psalm 117 is the shortest. Psalm 117 is just two verses. Um, and so the way that this went, and I feel like this was like one of those like semi-viral, you know, Twitter posts, like pre when things were really going viral. Um, but it basically said like, you know, sandwiched between the shortest and the longest chapters of the Bible is Psalm 118. And coincidentally, Psalm 118 is the middle chapter in all of the Bible. So if that's the middle chapter, what's the middle verse I've heard that of too. this entire yeah. thing? And then it's, so it's Psalm, um, Psalm 118 uh, verse 8 is quote unquote the middle verse in the entire Bible. And it says, it is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in humanity. At least that's how the CSB renders it. And so I remember this whole like, it, this feels just like like numerology. It feels like end times, like piecing all these things together. But the whole point of this post was like, oh man, look how amazing God is. Like in all of scripture, in our 66 books, like sandwiched between the shortest and the longest and uh, the verses, it is better to take refuge, to, to trust in the Lord, which I am not negating like the truthfulness of like that it is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in man, right? Um, but when you had said, hey, let's let's talk about Psalm 119, that was immediately where my mind went. Um, and so that might have just seemed like a goofy anecdote to share. Again, whether that's true or not, I don't know. I feel like at some point in my life, someone showed that to be not true. Um, but regardless, regardless, I, I thought it was worth bringing up because whoever made that, whatever their intentions might have been, their their point their their intentions were probably good you know however they figured the math on it right but they they had they had this thought of like wow like look how amazing this is that like you know because to, to them again the shortest and the longest chapter of scripture um, you know right in between uh, this, this beautiful thought of taking refuge in the Lord um, and so you know they they were revering God's word in a sense um, but I, I almost feel like they're missing. I mean, that, that's just sort of like, my, my mind's in a thousand different places, I apologize. Uh, let me just start by saying, one, if that is true, that's pretty incredible. Uh, because one, even though we've had the whole canon of scripture for thousands of years, uh, the, the subdivision of like chapter and verse came way later. Um, so it would it would be by just like pure coincidence, uh, or maybe providence, uh, for... Uh, you know, as as people try to decide how to break those things up, you know, what's included, uh, you know, what about like the end of John? What about like the woman caught in adultery? So like, as we talk about the Bible itself and how it came together, um, there is a sense in which like, that's just like not the point. Like, I know it sounds cool. It might be a little like fun, little viral thing. Um, but like right next to this, right next to this little point you're trying to make is Psalm 119. This, this beautiful acrostic song, poem, whatever you want to call it, uh, about delighting in God's word. And I, I almost just want to dwell on the thought of, on the one hand, think about how difficult it would have been. I'm, I'm forgetting who wrote this. I, I don't know why I didn't look into it beforehand, uh, whether it was David or whomever. Uh, but think about how difficult it would be to write each of the first lines with, you know, each individual letter. So A and B and, and, and so on. Um, but what, what was being communicated beyond just that 
we delight in the law and the word of the Lord. Um, it's almost like this, you know, we, we, we might use the idiom today, you know, from A to Z, from beginning to end, alpha and omega. Um, so I'm, I'm wondering if that's some of the intention of the author here is like from from the beginning of the alphabet to the end of the alphabet, from from start to finish, I am going to delight in, in God's word. Um, and, and as you as you noted, you know, there's different ways to talk about that, to talk about commandments and precepts and um you know, you've, you've treasured your word or I've treasured your word in my heart, like all these different ways that we can talk about uh, delighting in God's word. Um, what, my only other thought before I sort of kick it back over to you was, is there any sense in which we can even think of the word, not just as like the Bible that we have, because for whoever wrote this, they didn't have the 66 books of the canon uh, like we do. They didn't have a compiled Old and New Testament, right? So what was the word of the Lord to them? What was the law? What were the precepts? Were they simply thinking about the Ten Commandments? Were they were they thinking about whatever compilation of scripture they had at that time? Um, or uh, for us as Christians today who who see Jesus as the, the word made flesh, um, can we think about Jesus when we say, I will not forget thy word. I will not forget you, Christ, uh, you know, I have laid up Jesus in my heart that I might not sin. Um, you know, what, what, what does that mean? Can we do that? Um, those are just some of the thoughts that I had. So curious what you think. Yeah. I mean, I think there's a lot there and I think, um, one of the first things uh, that I wanted to like piggyback off of was just the idea that we're getting even through the very like form of the Psalm that like the, the literary, you know, features we're getting, this communication of, you know, not just let's delight in the law of the Lord. Let's, you know, let's talk about that. But how are we, how do we do that? Like, what is the, what is the nature of that delight? What is the characteristics of that devotion to God's law? And it really is this, like you said, just, you know, A to Z, top to bottom, like from like thoroughgoing commitment and devotion and, and a zeal for the, for the word. And I think that that is reflected in, um, we, so I walked through this, you know, to prep for this. Every single verse that we read has a reference, except for maybe verse three, that is, it's kind of a stretch, but I didn't want to say almost every verse. I wanted to say every verse. So in verse three, it says, it says, makes a reference to his ways, which is a little vague. Like it's a little ambiguous. Maybe, maybe we're not necessarily uh, limited to talking about the, the word there, but every single verse, if we include that one, has a reference to, the law, testimonies, commandments, ordinances, the word, uh, statutes, right? And so it's it's clear that that's like this, it's just, that's the focus. The focus is just saturating the entire passage. But also, we get things like, with their whole heart, kept diligently, steadfast, whole heart, eyes fixed, right? We get this these characteristics of, of how it is that we're, delighting in, in the law of the Lord. How is it that we're meditating on his precepts? And 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 I think that that goes even further when we look at, at like you were saying, this, this A to Z way that he's communicating the, the uh, how deep that devotion to God's word ought to be and how deep it is for him that he's writing this big, huge poem that, that is communicating that, you know, in every single line. It's not just 
his main point, but it's everything he's doing, right? And I think that that's, that's like a really big, big deal. And I think that that ought to be, that ought to, uh, I, I think maybe we could even use the, the language of like serve as a paradigm for how we, our, our attitude to God's word, right? Where we want to be, or we ought to want to be in a relationship with, with God's word that we are just, like we just want to pour over it, right? And and be as diligently committed to meditating on the laws and the precepts and the ways of God that he's given to us as the psalmist here is. Um, and I think that that is really like what stuck out to me is just this, this um, how strongly he's driving the point home by just this constant repetition. Right. Well, when you even think about, I I don't know how many of you have taken a creative writing course or maybe just a a, a college writing or some sort of, you know, course where you need to write something, but especially in trying to write a poem or a song, it is no easy feat on its own. And then you throw in the fact that you're trying to start each line with the same letter. Uh, I imagine that whoever wrote this took considerable amount of time not just in the the preparation of like okay what am i going to say um but like their mind and their hearts would have already have they would have already had to have been saturated with god's word it would have had to be so deeply entrenched um to get to a space where you're where you're contemplating the almighty you're contemplating um you know the fact that the lord is my portion um i have promised to keep your words and man, I, some of it might seem repetitive. Some of it might seem, you know, maybe a little bit redundant. Uh, but I think sometimes we even need that when we think about how fickle we are, when we think about how often we forget even just like the simplest things. I can't tell you how many times I'm like scrolling through my phone and I'm like, oh, I need to remember to look this up. And then like five minutes later when I'm like, uh, what, what, what was I supposed to look up again? Like we, we just have this like short term memory. Um, so to have these reminders, to, to read through a psalm like this and to see that continual repetition uh, is just further driving it, I think, deeper into our hearts and into our minds. Definitely. Yeah, and I think the, the other question that, that what you were saying brought, brought to mind that I think is really interesting is, what is the Word of God? You know, we, we've, we've talked about it a lot so far, but we didn't actually take any time to try and pinpoint what that is. And I, I think in the most immediate, like, in the immediate context of, of Psalm 119, I mean, you know, again, we've said this a few times, statutes, laws, testimonies, commandments. Well, what is he talking about? He's talking about the Torah, right? He's talking about the five books of Moses that, you know, at the time that this that this poem is being conceived of and rough drafts are being written and then the final draft is written and he's completed this poem and then it gets copied and it gets edited and it gets compiled and it gets put here in this big book of psalms and it gets put in this position and then that gets transmit you know like there's this big you know the 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 distance between the psalmist's mind and the the page in front of us today is enormous um but we gotta it we gotta keep in mind that like because of that distance we can look back and be like well as he's writing this like the book of psalms didn't exist yet because he's writing part of it so it couldn't have existed yet so like what is he talking about and it's it's a really uh, amazing moment of scripture commentating on scripture because we through the benefit of coming later in chronological history uh we have access to both 
Exodus and Psalm 119, right? We, we, we aren't limited just in terms of our historical location to, we aren't as limited to the scriptures that, that we have. Not limited in the sense of what we know, because clearly this is someone who loved the Lord <laughs> uh, deeply. And where, where is that coming from? The word, the commandments that he's talking about, it's the Mosaic law. It is the, it is the Bible that, that had been written and, and passed down for hundreds of years, probably at this point, um, to the people of God. And this is how the people of God were to view God's law. And why did Psalm 119 make it into the book of Psalms, which was sort of the, the prayer book, the hymn book of Israel and the early church? Why did it make it there? Because this is how all of God's people ought to look at his word right it's not it, it's not limited to just the you know just the the really like bookish members of god's people should feel this way or, or just the really smart ones or just the um the priests or just the whatever but like this is this is for th- this is the attitude this is the correct attitude maybe we could say this is the this is the right way this is the way of wisdom to be approaching God's word with this with this just complete desire to be um you know immersed in it right and then I think what's really interesting is it is it is difficult to not think of the fact that the second person of the trinity has been revealed to us as the word and that's that's not an accident I don't think we can collapse these things into each other and say oh well if we just did like a command f in our, um, uh, uh, you know, on our Bibles and typed in Word, we could just replace it with Jesus and the meaning would not change. Like, I, I don't think that's true, right? <laughs> um, I think it's very clear that there's there's more going on with the word Word in, in, in anywhere in the Bible, Old or New Testament, than just a you know maybe veiled reference to jesus or or the second person of the trinity the son or whatever but i i am very i am very hesitant to say like oh well if we're reading psalm 119 and it says something about the word of god we need to just ignore the fact that jesus is the word of god because that doesn't fit here i I don't think that's right either because i think the fact that jesus is the word and not you know yeah and I don't even know, like, like what would be another example? Like, like he's, he's called the word. That's how he is no, made known to us. So that's important. We can't ignore that. And what that tells us about the relationship that Jesus has to the father as being the word of God. I think there is a lot of overlap in the relationship that God's written word has. Um, I, 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 I like the, the sort of the way of the way of talking that I've heard uh, in in a few different classes at Moody or, or that I had that that I can remember pretty distinctly of of like incarnate word written word preached word is sort of this descending order of authoritativeness right because where if if someone is preaching the word of God they they are proclaiming the truth of God that comes from God that's about God. That that hat that carries with it the authority of being, you know, the word of God when it's faithfully proclaimed and preached. 
But that is obviously derived from and dependent on what it is you're preaching, which is the written word of God, right? Which which just clearly, as a result, it that is what determines the authority of the preached word. That is that is the the, the higher authority. Um, but what is the written word? It it is the written deposit that God has given through the prophets and the apostles to his people to be a witness to what? Well, to the incarnate word from the beginning to the end. It's, it's this one big story about Jesus. And, and so I, I, these things are clearly related to each other. Even if we don't want to say, you know, Psalm 119, replace word with Jesus, and it's the same thing. That would obviously be reductive. But what does it mean, like you raised, what does it mean to be a Christian who knows Jesus as the word of God to come back and see the devotion to God's word um, that it, that's being written about in Psalm 119? I think there's a lot there. I, well, I'm like, not quite sure what's there, but I think there's a lot there. I agree, And I agree. And I'm just, I'm just trying to think of like John. You know, we talked about John 21 last week. Well, if we opened up to John 1, the the whole beginning is in the beginning the word was with god the word or the the word was with god the word was god whatever order all that is in right and then it jumps down a little bit later and it says the word became flesh and dwelt among us so like well, we could spend uh, probably hours unpacking what that means what does it mean that the word became flesh and tabernacled with us right so this is this is it's language that i'm sure as a a jewish man uh, that any of the readers would have been like, okay, that means something. He's not just he's he's not just like flippantly referring to Jesus as the Word becoming flesh, becoming a human, be, becoming a man in this world. Um, so yeah, there's definitely something there, something that I wish I would have plumbed a little bit deeper on before coming to this conversation, um, just to see what people have said on on that very thing. Like, how, what do we think of? Like, what does it mean that Jesus is the Word? Uh, and then what does it mean that he also became incarnate? I don't know. It seems fitting this time of year too, as we come to celebrate the incarnation here before too long. Right. Yeah. And I think, I think, you know, just sort of some like thinking out loud type reflections, like, well, what does it mean to be a word of anything? We, we could think about like, like messages, uh, you know, like the, my word is, is my, you know, whatever I'm saying right? My words are, are me communicating something that, that reveals things about myself. It reveals things about my purposes, my desires, my wishes, you know, all, all that kind of stuff, but also like things like commandments, right? That we're, we're, we get a lot in, in Psalm, in this passage here in Psalm 119, we're getting a lot of discussion on things like commandments and precepts that, that in the context of, of the Torah are, are, given by God to create for himself a people that are to live a certain way that is based on who God is, right? So if we, if we, what's, what's maybe more difficult for certain, you know, strands of Christianity that, that we swim in is like, if we were to reflect on the precepts and commandments, right? The statutes, of God, meaning the Mosaic law, you know, don't, <laughs> don't boil a, a goat in its mother's milk. I don't know what that has to tell me about 
who God is. But in some sense, even that seemingly just foreign, um, weird, specific um, uh, culinary command does in fact connect, you know, you know, I'm not saying there's some secret grand truth about God hidden in that in that verse. But the point is that like that verse isn't there by accident, right? And and beyond just the the transmission of of the text, like God didn't originally command his people that arbitrarily, right? There's there's something going on. There's something going on. It's it's connected to who they are. It's connected to who their neighbors are. It's connected to what God wants for them and wants them to be, which is all based on who he is, right? So I, I think there's that kind of attitude where it's like, we, sh- we, we need to be starting there. And, and Psalm 119, I think, gives us the right idea. We need to be starting with this, like, I'm going to meditate on all your commandments. He knew that was a command, <laughs> you know? And he lived in a society where, at least on paper, those commands were literally the law. Like, the civil law, you know, like that's very different than our circumstance, obviously, but that's, that is, uh, I don't think it exhausts what the Bible is for us, but it is certainly, uh, found, you know, uh, crucial to what the Bible is and inherent in what the Bible is in that it is the book that gives us God's instructions. Right. And, and that does not mean, you know, that, that, that doesn't translate to a rule book. But I mean, if we want to be instructed in the ways of God, right? Blessed are those who keep his testimonies, who seek him with their whole heart, who also do no wrong but walk in his ways. Well, how, do they, how does that happen? Verse 4, thou hast commanded thy precepts to be kept diligently, right? There, there is a way of life that is, that is um, the way of wisdom. It's the way of God that he has given to us. And that way is not necessarily just something that everybody is just born knowing, but it comes through his word. And in, in the ultimate sort of, you know, apex sense, that is Christ. And how do we hear about and know about Christ? Well, it's, it's the book, the books that we call the Bible, which is also the word of God. You know, it, it, it's a, maybe we could say a different word of God in the sense that, you know, Jesus is not a book (laughs) Um, and we don't worship a book. We worship the one that the book is about, but like there is that, again, that connection, even as they're not equal. So I don't know. I don't know. I think there's, 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 uh, there's more than we can really say here, I think, but for sure. But yeah, I think that um, these are really the things that I was thinking about as I was reading through this passage and, and uh, I don't know. Yeah. I just, it's it's a it's a really cool it's a really cool passage to kind of like go through a little more slowly. Yeah, um, and I, I mean I'd encourage all of you. I I I did read through all of it in, in preparation just to kind of like think about what it had to say. So my encouragement to you guys would be like you know take twenty minutes or however long it might take you just to read through Psalm one nineteen, read it slowly or read it quickly and then reread it. However you want to consume it, uh, but let those let those words sort of. Uh, you know, dwell in your minds as, as it tells you to do. Um, so I don't know, is there anything else that you want to add here? Are we good to sort of, uh, wrap her up? Yeah, I think that about wraps this one up. All righty. 
So we thought it was fitting, we thought it was appropriate, keeping with the theme of this episode, uh, to just choose, I, I, I sort of changed my mind, I'm just going to choose a chunk of Psalm 119, not necessarily the next segment. Um, so this is Psalm 119, starting in verse 89, going to verse 96. This is the Lamed section, so like the letter L. It says, Lord, your word is forever, and it is firmly fixed in heaven. Your faithfulness is for all generations you established the earth and it stands firm. Your judgments stand firm today for all things are your servants. If your instruction has not been my delight, I would have died in my affliction. I will never forget your precepts for you have given me life through them. I am yours, save me, for I have studied your precepts. The wicked hope to destroy me, but I contemplate your decrees. I have seen a limit to all perfection, but your command is without limit. Amen. Amen. So we want to say thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode. Thank you for listening to any episode of the Doxology Podcast. If you'd like to connect with us, you can hit us up on Twitter and Instagram uh, at Doxology Podcast, or you can email us at doxologypodcast at gmail.com. Send us your feedback. Send us your questions. Send us your episode ideas. If you want to go above and beyond in supporting us, check out the links in the bios. You can check out our t-shirts and hoodies and whatever else. Uh, But until next time, we hope that you are doing well. We hope you had a good Thanksgiving and peace. See ya.